Hello, and welcome to the So You Want to Be a Marine Biologist podcast, where we learn about the ocean, share sea stories, and explore ocean careers. I'm your host, Kara Musia. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, ocean lovers. Did you know we have podcast merchandise now? If you are looking for a way to support the podcast and look awesome doing it, head over to marinebio.life shop. For our first design, I've partnered with Deanna from Coelacanth Studios and episode 21 of the podcast to create an amazing eagle ray. 10% of proceeds will benefit ray research. Check out the tanks, t-shirts, and stickers we have available over at marinebio.life shop. They make great gifts for the ocean lover in your life marinebio.life/shop. This episode is brought to you by you. Thank you to those of you who have become patrons of the So You Want to Be a Marine Biologist podcast. For less than the cost of a dive tank refill or a cup of coffee, you can help keep the podcast episodes coming. There's also some fun bonuses for patrons, so be sure to check those out at patreon.com backslash marinebiolife. That's patreon.com backslash marine bio life. Hello, mermaids, pirates, ocean lovers, and land lovers. Welcome to today's show. Which part of a fish weighs the most? The scales. It's episode 40, and every 10 episodes, I like to do something a little different. For episode 10, I discussed lessons from the field. Episode 20 was a guide to figure out what you want to do and how to get there. Episode 30, I chatted with my friend and colleague Lori about sea turtles, and for this episode, we are going to talk about job applications. You may be asking, why this episode? I come here for ocean things, which is awesome, and I've got lots of really great ocean content lined up for you, but I've been hearing from quite a few of you that are applying for jobs and are looking for a little guidance in the process. I've also had requests from hiring managers to create an episode like this one, where applicants can learn how to apply for a job and to understand really what they're looking for. So here we are, a more career-based episode. This episode is meant to lend a little insight on how to actually get your resume looked at and to land an interview when you apply for jobs. To prepare for this episode, I asked hiring managers to fill out a questionnaire with their opinions on the hiring process. I reached out to people that I know that are currently in a hiring manager role, some of my own past supervisors, and even friends of friends that are in a supervisor role. Most of the responses do come from the marine and environmental science world, but I do have a few responses that are from outside of the science realm. Their answers largely reflect what the scientists' response had to say. So this episode is applicable to anyone looking to boost their chances of landing an interview, regardless of the field that they are in. I also pulled from my own experiences, both as hiree and hirer, and of course consulted the all-knowing interwebs. A note on applying to organizations that have forms to fill out that are pretty much copying and pasting your resume and are large organizations with human resource or HR departments dedicated to hiring. This category falls under NOAA or federal level jobs, most state agencies and large organizations. Typically, the person that you will be having an interview with isn't necessarily the person that is vetting the resumes initially. And usually the reason why you have to input into a form is because it's an automated system that is looking for specific keywords. Those keywords are very likely found in the job posting, so make sure you're using the same or very similar words or phrasing that they use to create the post 
in order to get your resume sorted to the top of the pile. Yes, this does mean that you will have to customize your resume and or cover letter, but you should do this anyway, as you will soon see why. Let's dive into what hiring managers have to say. Let's start with resumes. This is likely the first thing you edit when you're starting your job hunting process. 75% of the hiring managers polled state that they prefer resumes to be kept to one page. The exception, if you have lots, and I mean lots of relevant experience. The general rule of thumb that was stated is that you get one extra page on your resume for every 10 years of experience. Hiring managers are looking for relevant experience here, y'all, and not just what your job duties were. List out what you specifically accomplished during your time at an organization and keep in mind your audience. Great resumes don't talk about just their experience, but their accomplishments. Sure, you work for a cool place, but what did you get done or what did you improve upon while you were there? If you're a student with few work accomplishments, it's okay to talk about specific projects or specialized classes outside of the general curriculum if it's relevant to the position. Your resume should be modified to include details regarding the specific qualifications sought in the job advertisement, such as education and relevant employment projects or experiences. Cover letters. Everyone agrees that cover letters should be kept to one page. From a hiring manager's perspective, you're looking through a lot of different resumes and cover letters, and you don't have time to read anything more. Cover letters are where you actually talk to your prospective employer, and this letter should be written to them and not just a generic letter that you send out to everyone you're applying jobs with. Cover letters should be short, concise, and demonstrate you've done your homework about where you are applying and how your experience will help the company or organization. Some things that managers are looking for in a cover letter, attention to detail, specifically addressing key points and qualifications that are listed in the job description, why you think you were the right candidate based on your experience, and pulling out a few interesting tidbits or expanding on a job experience listed in the resume or personal notes that aren't in the resume. Hiring managers are also looking for your writing ability. This one was cited several times. Can you weave together a good story about yourself and how you can benefit the organization? Can you stay on topic? Do you use proper grammar and spelling? We're going to talk more about the grammar and spelling later. So you found an organization that you'd like to work for and they are hiring. Excellent. As you read the job description, you realize that while you do certainly check some of the qualification boxes, you realize that you don't necessarily meet all of the requirements. So the question is, is it even worth applying? The answer is yes. Most organizations are more than willing to train the right candidate and all hiring managers are looking for someone who is willing to learn. If you have some of the qualifications for the position, make sure you expound upon those in your resume and cover letter. Really focus on these strengths and demonstrate your willingness to learn in order to be a part of the organization's team. Willingness to learn, determination, and enthusiasm go a long, long way. A big part of the hiring process, particularly in this day and age, isn't necessarily someone's experience, but how well they fit in the organization. People want to work with people that are as motivated as they are and that they get along with. Managers want to hire team members that are excited about the work that their organization is doing, and as long as there's some relevant experience, are more than willing to make an effort to bring the new team member up to speed. The right fit in an organization is hugely important to both the employer and the employee, particularly in today's world of workplace wellness and happiness. 
When you are applying to any position, your writing and attention to detail matters. Over 80% of hiring managers polled said that they would still consider a candidate if their resume was wanting, but they had an outstanding cover letter. Again, demonstrate that you understand the organization that you're applying for and what they're looking for in a candidate. Highlight the skills and experience that you do have and how it can fit into the organization. That said, your resume is extremely important. Over 90% of polled managers state that they would still consider a candidate if they had a great resume, but a wanting cover letter. If your resume checks all of the boxes on the job description, your cover letter weighs a little less heavily in your chances to get an interview. So we've talked a lot about content, which is the main course when it comes to resume and cover letters. However, there is one thing you must, must, must have when applying for jobs. Excellent spelling and grammar. Y'all, there is no excuse not to have proper spelling and grammar. Pretty much every writing software like Google Docs or Microsoft Word, even your email has spelling and grammar check built in. Personally, this is huge for me. If you make one tiny grammatical error, fine. But if I see misspellings or more than one or two grammatical errors, I have a hard time taking the candidate's application seriously and usually end up chucking it. If you cannot take the time to review for these mistakes, I cannot take the time to interview you. I am not the only one who felt this way. I had hiring managers rank the importance of spelling errors from one to 10, with one stating that spelling errors don't bother them at all, and 10 stating that if there are any spelling errors or mistakes, the resume goes into the trash immediately. The results, everyone polled either an eight, nine, or 10. This means that if you have spelling or grammar mistakes, even if you're a great candidate, your chances of getting an interview are slim to none. Reread your work, have someone else read it, use an app to check, whatever you have to do, but there is no excuse for having these errors and it can cost you an interview. Another important topic is timeliness. So there's a deadline for a job you really, really want and you think you'd be a great fit for. Trouble is the deadline is passed and the position is now technically closed. Is this the end of the line? Answer is, it depends. With this question, the answer is varied wildly. In short, it depends on how qualified you are and on the personal preference of the hiring manager. Personally, I don't accept late entries unless one, you've recognized that you were late in applying and apologize for it. No excuses, please. And two, you're an amazing candidate and seem through your stellar cover letter and resume that you may be a good fit for my organization. For other hiring managers, it's a 50-50. Some state that no matter what, even if you're a few minutes late, for example, the position closes at midnight and you apply at 12.15 a.m., your resume may not be considered. Punctuality and the ability to follow simple instructions is important. The other half of managers state that for the right candidates and if the position isn't filled, they would make an exception. Some positions don't have a mountain of applicants to sort through. Some positions close and hiring managers realize that. Out of all the applicants, none are really great fits for the position. Moral of the story, get your amazing edited stellar resume and cover letter in on time. If however life happens and you realize that you've missed the deadline, it is worth trying to submit your application. An apology note for your tardiness to the hiring manager may go a long way. So we've got our relevant experience we're putting into a document and to create a resume, but how do you format it? If you go online and look up cover letter or resume formatting templates, there are a lot of different options. Some use photos, some are plain black and white basic formatting, some have a block of color. So which is the best to use? A lot of this, again, is personal preference of the hiring manager. The most important thing, however, is clarity. Your resume and cover letter must be clean and easy to read. 
80% of hiring managers polled that they state they really don't care about fancy or colorful formatting or pictures. They're strictly looking at what the candidates have to say. That said, a little color or photo can help get your resume noticed. I personally like this option because it helps put more personality into the file. And there are other hiring managers that feel the same way, particularly if the job requires any sort of creative work. Find a template that may have a tiny bit of color added and or a photo of you, but that is not distracting from the real content. And that is you and your experience. Some applications request that you list interests and others don't. 50% of hiring managers polled said that they could take or leave seeing the candidate's interests. Over 35% stated that listing interest is a must because it helps them better understand who an applicant is. I personally fall into this category. This is particularly true for interests that are relevant to the position. If you're applying to be a field tech and you state you love hiking, diving, and generally being outside, the hiring manager now knows that you understand at least a little bit what working in the field could be like. That said, interest can help you stand out. I've heard a story of a dentist getting hired at a new practice. He listed scuba diving as one of his interests and it helped him to stand out, get the interview, and ultimately the job. Just make sure you're not taking up space listing out all of your interests that should be used to expound upon relevant work experience. Some general pointers when submitting resumes and cover letters. Use a professional looking email, Gmail, Outlook, or personal domain email address. Hotmail, unfortunately, doesn't look very professional. I would recommend leaving out the objective section or summary. Chances are it'll be skipped and it's a space that can be used better. Instead, expound upon some of your relevant work experience. Another suggestion was that you don't need your full address, just your city and state is fine, just so the employer has an idea of where you live. And for all of your files, name it your first name and your last name and either resume or cover letter, and that's it. Please don't submit it with the job title because chances are they're getting a lot of the same resumes. It's much cleaner to have your first name and your last name and the resume and let the hiring manager do their job organizing where it needs to go. And if you're emailing your resume, always, always, always submit it as a PDF, not as a Word document. You never know how wonky a Word document will look on somebody else's machine. If you're uploading it into one of those online applications, you may have to use a Word document. And in that instance, it's okay. But as a general rule of thumb, you want to submit your resume and cover letters as a PDF. One piece of advice that I heard while researching this episode was try to read your resume and or cover letter in 10 seconds or less and see what you take away from it. That's about the initial screen time before someone makes an initial yes or no decision. So you want to examine it from that perspective. I also asked hiring managers what would make or break a resume for them. And here are some of the responses. Largely, there were a lot of things that could break a resume. Spelling and grammar errors were listed a lot. Y'all check your stuff and then have someone else check it. Poor grammar or blatant errors show that you didn't take time in creating your resume and it detracts from the substance of your resume. Spelling errors and casual language like you would see in a text message was also listed here. So spelling and grammar, super, super important. Another break was being too long or not addressing key questions from the job application or poor attention to detail. Make sure that you have the job application in front of you when you're creating your resume and cover letter and that you're checking certain boxes that are listed in the job description. <laughs> Another one was addressing to the wrong person or position. Uh, so make sure you're rereading your application before you hit send and make sure that you're following all application instructions. If it requests a cover letter and says that resumes will not be considered without a cover letter, make sure that you have a cover letter. 
A suggestion was to just find two or three jobs per day that you want to apply for maximum and knock it out of the park. Finding a job should not be a volume play. Quality over quantity. Another break that was listed was too many job changes in a short period of time. And that suggests that the applicant can't stick with the project and over-exaggerating experience vis-a-vis age or experience. You can kind of see through that. If you say that you were a project manager and oversaw 20 people and you're 18 years old and fresh out of high school, it's a little hard to palate. So you better have some really, really good uh, evidence and stories to back that up. Too many job changes or multiple jobs within 18 to 24 months of time was listed by several people. So it's definitely something that people look for. Also, gaps greater than two to three years. So make sure that you're addressing these gaps in work in your resume or cover letter if necessary. Please tailor your resume to the job that you're applying for and don't force the hiring manager to figure out how the thing you did two jobs ago is relevant to the current position that you're applying for. You wanna make this very simple and no brainer for the hiring manager. I am an excellent fit because of X, Y, Z. Let me tell you why in my cover letter and I'll tell you again in my resume and let's have an interview. Don't make them guess, they're not gonna guess. Uh, The don't exaggerate was brought up several times. Marine science is a small world and you'll likely get caught. And finally, one of the last breaks that was listed was that I have all the answers of the world and I'm the best thing since sliced bread resume. Hiring managers understand that you may not check all the boxes. That's fine. You want to explain why your strengths correlate to the strengths of the organization, that you understand the organization and that you're really extremely interested in working with them Things that can help make a resume or cover letter were much shorter, um, but they were neatness and relevance, a solid base of experience that shows where you learned your lessons, and if your resume and cover letter are concise, succinct, and logically ordered. So some final thoughts from the manager's poll. Uh, One manager prefers a one-pager, but if there's more relevant information and experience that could be added, note that it could be provided upon request. If an employer likes what they see in your snapshot, they may actually want this. So a little note at the bottom, if you know you have more experience that you that would extend past the one page, please just make a note at the bottom. If their hiring manager is interested, they'll ask for it. Basics like phone calls and thank you letters or email are still important. It demonstrates that you're being proactive and are still interested in the job, that you understand what you're applying for, and it follows proper business protocols. You're working with people. You're not working with this faceless organization. You will ultimately be working eventually with a hiring manager and probably most likely several different coworkers. So you want to show that you have some personality and that you truly care. And that's what follow-up phone calls and thank you letters can do if done well. And this is from my marine bio-specific applications. Project managers also want to see relevant skills, even if they're not directly related to marine biology or whatever the job is applying for. So writing, project management, troubleshooting, GIS, statistics. There's a lot more to the marine biology, marine science field than just going out and being in the field and collecting data. That You have to be able to work with other people and you have to have other skills than just being in the field. Be Highlight these. One recommendation was to cultivate mentors. Ask professionals in the field to give you feedback on your resume and cover letter. Unless they are marine scientists, your parents or adult supporters can only provide limited guidance on this kind of resume. Make the effort to get to know people doing the kind of work that you're interested in. People that take the initiative to reach out get extra points. This 
goes back to following up with your thank you calls and emails or letters. If you do get the interview, always say thank you and don't be afraid to ask what you need to do to get the job if you don't actually get it. So the biggest takeaway from today, tailor your resumes and cover letters to the position and organization that you're applying for. Be on time, Remember that you're dealing with living human beings and be respectful of their time by keeping your application concise and to the point. If you do land the interview, say thank you. As always, I would love to hear from you. Let me know what your thoughts are on this episode. Head over to the website marinebio.life 40 and leave a comment in the show notes. Thank you for listening to today's show. Hey, one more thing. Do you want to dive more into the ocean and marine biology? Need a little guidance on ocean conservation? Head on over to marinebio.life backslash resources. We've got book recommendations, job posting pages, conference suggestions, and ocean-friendly products. All recommendations have been personally vetted by me, and I will continue to add to the collection as I come across cool things to share. Head on over to marinebio.life backslash resources to learn more. See you over there. Thank you for listening to today's show. I'd love to hear any insight you've gleaned. Leave a comment in the show notes or send me an email over at marinebio.life. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a review and of course, share with your friends. If you want more resources for ocean news, including conservation topics and careers, plus personal insight for me that I just don't share anywhere else, join me at marinebio.life and sign up for email updates. Keep after your dreams and making waves in your community one person can make a difference. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next time on the So You Want to Be a Marine Biologist podcast.